Welcome back. Oh, that's right. I'm taking Eric's spot this time. <laughs> well, you had a question that you wanted to ask, and I said save it for the show. So ask your question. All right. So after covering one of my favorites personally and moving into these two's favorite over we, we, share, so we share a favorite for modern serial killers. Who, so, I mean, I'm just going to ruin it. We're we're going into Ed Kemper. We're just going into him. Well, they, they they read the title of the yeah, episode. They, they, I mean, they know who so they know. We're going straight into this man as he is going straight into others. So. <laughs> so what's, what's your question that you wanted to ask? So I feel like it's a very odd question to ask, but. Who would you rather be stuck with, Jeffrey Dahmer or Ed Kemper? Like, is killing me? Yes. Do I get to pick the time frame? No. Then just, Ed Kemper. Just their their choice, everything. Ed Kemper. Yeah, I'm going to go with Kemper. I mean, they're both going to fuck my corpse, but... I won't feel it, and I won't have muriatic acid injected into my well, skull. Here's See, the thing. I'm right. good. I have a good chance with Kemper. I don't stand a chance with Dahmer. No. You, no. Don't. no. you have all the right parts. Actually, no, you have tattoos, so he wouldn't eat you. Yeah, he wouldn't eat me. So, there's that. But he might make me a love zombie. <laughs> he's got a, He's got a lot of dishes. I have zero chances of being a love zombie. I would much rather pick opposite of you two, Jeffrey Dahmer, just because it's I know you want to play fucking patty cake and Dahmer or Kemper would cut your fucking hands off. Kemper doesn't want anything to do with me. I promise you. I don't know. <laughs> you might be right up his alley. You're a strong willed woman. No, he's going to cut your head off and fuck it. Willingly or not willingly. <laughs> You're, you'll be dead. Will I? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I had to think about that for a second. I know. I just saw Can this. she transcend life and death? Oh, Heaven's Gate thought you could. Mm. I'm sorry. I didn't have my jumpsuit on. Excuse me. <laughs> you didn't drink the Kool-Aid. And if you don't get that episode little tidbit, then you need to go back, like, way back. Like, nah, not way back. Not too far back. Eh, you need to go back and listen to that episode. P- pre-Summer of Slaughter. And yeah. start over. Summer Slaughter. Even if you've but, already listened to Summer Slaughter, go ahead and listen to it again. It's yeah, awesome. I would definitely say, I, I would, I would have a beer with Kemper Same. for sure. I he yes, that actually makes a lot of sense. I wouldn't I would have, have a beer a, with okay, Dahmer. Okay, so Dahmer, I wouldn't have a beer with. Dahmer. I would want to talk to him and us like color together. Yeah, but he's like antisocial as mm-hmm. fuck. I said color together. I made it very like very neutral ground for me and him he he's not like a mongoloid christian he's <laughs> he's not doing coloring books he, i mean the only thing he's painting is dicks that he's severed off and gonna and suck you're later. not really saying much for me over here that's Eric. true <laughs> yeah, maybe you guys could do arts and crafts together oh the dick I goes like here and, and then look at the eiffel tower of course, Kemper's going to do some arts and crafts later, too. Does he do all See, that's what it is. I like it when they do arts and crafts. Yeah. I like it when serial killers have a fun little thing. I do. It's like a <laughs> summer project what during Summer of Slaughter. <laughs> this is my art installation. It's, it's my summer art project. <laughs> I call it 
fucked head. <laughs> See, her head's all been fucked. All right, Bring Sam. Bring new, new meaning to fuckhead. Welcome to Creeps in the Crypt, guys. Uh, I'm Eric. I'm and Sam. I'm, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. This no, is Christian. <laughs> yeah. Chris, I appreciate you. Good old Christian. Yeah. <laughs> Bringing the hard-hitting questions. Yes. That was a good one. It was. It was. It was a, good one. It was a solid one. And if you guys have a comment on who would you rather get murdered by ed kemper or jeffrey Dahmer? i didn't Let's say murdered by or just like just hang out with no no it was murdered by just, yeah i was murdered by. out with them but i, I would vibe my somebody. answer would still remain the same i would like to hang out with ed kemper yeah i would have a beer with kemper absolutely you for wouldn't sure vibe with jeffrey no. Dahmer at all no no not Damn, not my not my scene that's why i'm the wild card over here because i would definitely vibe with him all day every day i know you would Yep. You two could listen to techno together. Yay! Um, <clears throat> all right, Sam, take it away. So, you know, we're doing Ed Kemper. He, he's actually, he, I've always liked him, but it wasn't until Netflix's Mind Hunter, and I'm so salty that they canceled it, was bullshit. But it wasn't until Mind Hunter came out that I really, really liked Ed Kemper. He's one of my favorites. But now he's just like moved up a couple notches. Well, the fact that he's still alive and kicking today. Now, granted, he's a lot less active than he used to be now that since he had a stroke. But well, see, then there you go. You could still you haven't one up on me. Your least yours is still alive. Mine, not. Well, he just got bashed in there with a barbell. Yeah. No, they gotta climb Kemper like a fucking tree to bash his head. In. I didn't right, say can't nobody kill him because he's too damn tall. He's okay, a well, I didn't say quality of life. I just said alive. <laughs> Jesus. But he's also one of the few that used to actually write back. Yeah. He doesn't do it anymore, which fucking sucks. Because that's like on my bucket list is to write to, not, man, not specifically Ed Kemmer, but like a serial killer and like write back to me. Is what are you going to do when they show up at your house? Well, I'd use my P.O. box. Ah, there you go. Always thinking. There you go. I'll work on a coloring page for you. <gasps> Yay! It'll be a color by numbers. Yay! But, but I still want to write numbers, so it'll you just... get just a beheaded Snow White. No, it'll be non-matching numbers, so it'll make nothing. It'll just drive him insane. <laughs> it means nothing. Sadistic. I love it. Anyway, so I think that he's one of the very few of the what we consider today of the like notorious serial killers that I had a hard time finding information on his victims like i found like a light snippets like here and there i mainly found their like find a grave website mm -hmm. where i could like see their grave well luckily but, this is going to be a three-part series so yes. we have time to find more information but we did a bang-up job on old ed's uh, early life oh yeah there was plenty and most of these uh tidbits come from Kemper himself and he's not what you'd call the most uh he's a big fat bullshitter yeah he he likes to ramp it up he toys with him yeah he um a lot of the stories that Ed gives in his interviews are inconsistent mm -hmm. so we have tried to suss out as much of that as possible there was a lot of sussing yeah it was a lot so without further ado Sam Take it away. 
Edmund Emil Kemper III was born on December 18, 1948, in Burbank, California. He was the middle child of Edmund Edmil Kemper Jr. and Clarnell Elizabeth Kemper. What a sexy name that is. Right? Like, I was like... Uh, good old Clarnell. It Clarnell. Sound, it sounds like one of those meds that you see an ad for late yes. at night. If you've been affected by Clarnell... Please call the attorney it's office. Of definitely him. not an antidepressant. <laughs> no. Oh, no. It's like a talcum powder. You get cancer from it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Roundup. It's just weed killer. <laughs> Gives you blood cancer. Literally. By the age of four, little Ed was a whole head and shoulders taller than the other kids his age, which He's so was not Adam considered Grace. Ed. Little Ed. No, he is not little Ed, but he's going to be regular ed I'll, I'll we'll go into it but adeline grace is a whole head and shoulders taller than her classmates also so mm. now i'm afraid well i'm afraid now just don't follow these steps because what we're about to talk about is textbook how to make a serial killer well i am nothing like clarnell well i might not gentle parent but my neither does my my child isn't gentle child either so well apparently neither did it but no, uh he did not he did not gentle child Clarnell often berated Daddy Ed, so Edmund Jr., the mm -hmm. second, for his menial job as an electrician, and she also refused to coddle or show Ed, regular Ed, any kind of affection for fear that it would, quote, turn him gay. In 1957, nine years after Ed was born, his parents separated and then ultimately divorced four years later, and he had to move with his mom and two sisters to Helena, Montana. Well, what's interesting about his dad is um, he was a World War II veteran, mm -hmm. and he'd made another comment about, like, I'd rather do another, how many, okay, you got it in oh, yeah. there? Yeah, okay. it's in there. I get there. Just give, I'm painting okay, a picture, okay? You, all right. I'm painting the picture. I'm setting the mood. He was very close with his dad, so this separation and divorce really upset him. He had a difficult relationship with his mom, obviously, who was an abusive alcoholic. She was also very judgmental of him, so naturally she bl he blamed her for all his problems. Well, as he should have. Yeah, in this case, it is her fault. Yeah. Yes. She is the abuser here. At 1,000%. She is an Amber Heard. <laughs> oh, wow. She shit on his proverbial bed yep. his and whole life. Maybe sliced the tip of his finger off with a vodka bottle. Yeah. Metaphorically speaking. Me metaphorically speaking. He would act out bizarre sexual rituals with his sister's dolls. When he was 10, she forced Ed to live in the basement, sometimes for weeks at a time. And there was only a dim light bulb hanging from the center of the ceiling. That's the perfect toy for a developing young boy. He probably could reach it. From just, Jolly Green just Giant. Swing it around. Like a cat. But, um, like, could you imagine living in a basement where you're basically trapped? Yeah. The, the, the rats are crawling on you at night. My friends. Yes. Her friends. My friends. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. 
They're she, not going to train your turtles to do kung fu. I'm sorry. No, all I'm thinking about is like Disney princess style. The Disney princess style. Yeah. You're Cinderella? No. But with rats? And Kemper is. <laughs> and Kemper's a Disney princess? Kemperella. Yes. Kemperella. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I am I on it. it here. <laughs> no, you don't. I don't. Survey says that is a lie. It is. So he was locked away from his sisters because Clarnell was scared that Ed might molest or hurt his sisters somehow. The only door to the basement was lockable from the outside, so she had, like she could lock him in and he couldn't get out. Well, it was underneath the dining room table. There, yeah, there was a trap door. Yeah, it was a trap door basement. Um, that you had to move the dining room table to open. So he, there was no way for him to get out. No. So, Ed, while laying down on the cement floor, staring at the flame from the furnace, is when he claims to have seen the devil's face for the first time. I can't say I blame him. No, he's staring into fire. So you have this young boy with a developing mind that already has some some issues, mm-hmm. and the mother's idea is to just lock him in the basement. Yep. Uh, brilliant parenting. Fantastic. Ten. What could go wrong? Well, we're talking about it on our podcast, so it's going to go very wrong. Yes, for <laughs> everyone involved at this point. Quite literally, everyone. Clarnell constantly made fun of his size. He was six foot four by the age of 15. He's a big boy. Him's a big guy. Big guy. She even called him a, quote, real weirdo while she was on the phone with her ex-husband. And she told Ed, little Ed, not so little Ed, Ed the third, that no woman would ever want him as he was just like his father. She hated his father. Yes. Fucking hated him. And he reminded her of him. Yeah. He was a nuclear weapons tester back in World War II. And Daddy Ed said that, quote, suicide missions in wartime and the atomic bomb testings were nothing compared to living with Clarnell. Yeah. Oof. This man would rather be in the trenches fighting Nazis than, uh, yeah. than dealing with Clarnell. Yeah, it's like he'd rather do like 397 days in the trenches than yeah, live with her that, again. I think that was the, I was, I think pre- that was the exact quote. <laughs> Imagine. Imagine. Like, it's Hitler, Clarnell, and then the rest of the Nazis. Yes. But for whatever reason, Daddy Ed let Clarnell take his kids away from the only home that they knew, knowing that she was a miserable fucking bitch. They're both bad parents. Correct. Like They don't get Parent of the Year award, either yeah. of them. No. Warning signs began to pop up very early on. Ed had very dark fantasies. He would often dream about killing his mom. He cut off the heads and limbs of his sister's dolls. He commented on this part of his life saying, quote, I remember there was actually a sexual thrill. You hear that little pop and pull their heads off and hold them up by their hair. 
whipping their heads off, their bodies still sitting there, that'd get me off. End quote. How foreshadowing I of know. how this is going to go. Mm. He even talked his sisters into playing a game he called Gas Chamber. This reminds me so much of Dahmer playing Infinity Land. Yes. It's like this dark, fucked up game. And, uh, but that's not his only fucked up game he plays. He, he plays a ton. He of, plays electric chair. Yeah, so he didn't, I, he didn't have a premonition for that one. I have no, no. with this at all. So Gas Chamber, he would have his sisters blindfold him and lead him to a chair where, they, where he pretended to writhe in pain until he, quote, died. <laughs> And electric chair is his sisters also tied him to a chair and then flipped an imaginary switch and Ed would fall to the floor and writhe around as though he was being electrocuted for real. You know, just innocent kid shit. Just normal things for this, normal kids. This sounds like when I put my Barbie doll in a easy, easy bake, bake oven. oven. Yeah. I, I tried to bury that that story <laughs> deep down. I'm like, hmm. I still play with the dogs. And you too. don't want to hang out with Kemper? Not really. You you guys could play Barbies together. Birds of a feather don't don't, don't always flock together. Yeah, apparently not. No. There's another part of that saying. I don't remember what it is. They pick each other's eyes out. <laughs> <laughs> Like many young boys, he had a little crush on his second grade teacher. But he did not show his affection with little flowers from the playground or even an apple on her desk and in class. He stalked her and peeped through her windows carrying uh, Big Daddy or Daddy Ed's bayonet. You know, perfectly normal behavior. Normal things. Perfectly normal. I don't see anything wrong here. What could go wrong? He also said that in order to kiss the teacher that he had a crush on, he would have to kill her first. Yeah, his sister asked him if he had a crush. Yeah. Um, is how that's, that setup goes. And uh, he replies back to her, No, I don't have a crush on anybody. And then uh, she digs a little bit more. Why don't you just kiss her? Why don't you just kiss the teacher if you like her so much? I'd have to kill her first. Yeah, second grade. Second grade. No dark foreshadowing to any of anything that's about to happen. No, none at all. He first discovered his morbid obsession with decapitation when he was about eight or nine years old. He was at a magic show and saw a, quote, beautiful 16-year-old girl in a fake guillotine. He said, quote, that's the only event in my life that I can align that fascination with was the fact that she was a very alluring young lady, end quote. So he's a big old horn dog. Um Yeah. At an early age, mm -hmm. he's like, "Damn, she's hot." I bet and she then, even uh, hotter with no body attached like, to her head. I'd love to take her head home in a box, maybe put it on a stick. And that's why I don't want to hang out. Foreshadowing. With that <laughs> that's why I don't want to hang out with him. I'm no. sure a lot of kids thought that also. Well, I call this one the Montana Harry Lollipop. Oh <laughs> no! A flesh pop. 
<laughs> By the makers of Fleshlight. <laughs> the youngest sister, Alan Kemper, was almost murdered by Ed while they were living in Montana. Ed had always had an interest in guns, and one day she was walking through their living room and she heard a click. As she was turning around, a bullet from Ed's 22 rifle whizzed by her ear and landed in a bookcase. Ed said, quote, oops, I thought it was empty. As most gun deaths in this country are accidental, that tracks. Uh, yeah. What's interesting, though, is uh, after his dad left, he really got into John Wayne. And that's where the obsession with guns comes from. And uh, the Duke? Yeah, the Duke. He was a big fan. But, you know, that's like the only masculine character that he really had mm -hmm. in his life for a while. Because, you know, the kids, the guy's locked in a basement and he's just in, a, you know, getting a Duke impression down, which will come into play later on in the story. What's it called? Not substitute. What's it like? Um, Surrogate father? Yes. Yes. Raised that. by the TV. <laughs> Ed Kemper had two near-death experiences when he was younger. His sister once tried to push him in front of a moving train and also pushed him into the deep end of the pool where he nearly drowned. You know, it's starting making more and more sense to me why he hated women. You think? Every woman in his life has belittled him <laughs> or tried to kill him at this point. Mm-hmm. From all sides. He's getting it from all sides. Yeah, and I have a feeling it's going to continue. You would be feeling correct. Ed's first victims, however, were not human. When he was 10, he buried one of the family cats alive, waited two weeks, and then he dug it back up, dismembered it, and put the cat's head on a spike as some sort of trophy. Well, you know, you always got to keep a trophy. Yeah. Got it, got it. It's like the guy in Vietnam that has like Viet Cong ears as a necklace. Oh my God. Ed went on later to talk about how much joy and power he got over lying to his family about their cat. So they're like looking for this cat and he's like, mm hmm. I haven't seen it. Turn it off. I don't know. Three years later, he killed their other cat he, with a knife. He just like butchered it. He claimed he did it because he felt that the cat, quote, loved his sister more and he was jealous. What you see with these serial killers, time and time again, that like predominantly kill women, is they start with killing cats because cats are considered a feminine animal. Really? Yeah. So, feline, female. Yeah. I get it. So, you see this constantly with serial killers that target women, mm -hmm. which is. I think pretty much one of the first ones that we've covered this summer. That killed only women? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. I think he is a first. I mean, he did. Well, we'll get to that. Yes. He dismembered the cat just like the last one and also kept the body parts of the cat to remind him of his cruelty Clarnell eventually found the cat's body parts in his closet and got rid of them. Yet, somehow, this didn't set off alarm bells in her head that her son needed help. 
Well, she's already locked him in the fucking basement and taken away any freedom he has. I don't I, know what more she could do. I don't think she has any I alarm bells. There are no, no alarms. Oh, she, she had is alarm, the alarm bells. Bell. She's she's the one setting what the alarm off. What are they set off? on fucking silent? She's the one dinging the fucking bell. <laughs> I feel like they're set on silent and do not disturb. She is on do not disturb she when is. it comes to Ed. Yeah, I think at this point it's more like, uh, what the fuck ever. Yeah. She's the mom like, in the restaurant letting her kid run around in the yeah, restaurant. You're a you're a sick fucking weirdo, Ed. Like, I just had like PTSD. And you're never going to find love. <laughs> I really did, Sam. I really had PTSD when you said that. Like, the person who lets their kid run around. I would trip that child. Sweep the feet. He's going to come have, and find I you 20 years that. later and cut your fucking head off. That's okay. I would deserve it, and I would willingly fight him to battle. I challenge you to a duel. I would. <laughs> I fucking can't. <laughs> Just the image of six foot nine Ed Kemper tearing your head off from your fucking shoulders. Remember when you tripped me? I think I've got him, though, on height. Sam, sorry. I don't know if you got him on that. You don't have you him on height? He's six foot nine. I think I've got him there, though. I'm pretty tall. You're like 5'7". She's not 5'7". Yeah, I am. We'll break out the tape measure after the episode. I'm taller than that. No, she's like 5'7". Yeah. I'm little. I'm only 5'3". I'm not that big. No. I'm just burly. As you say, I I think I could take Ed Kemper. I could take Ed Kemper. You have to knock him out by his knees. I don't even think your arm would reach up to his head. I don't need to. I wonder where I would be. His, like, elbow? Maybe. What was no. he? Six foot four? No, six At foot nine. 15, he was six foot four. We haven't, I haven't gotten to the, to uh, his fully, his, evolved his, stage. Final, oh, his final stage. I was talking about 15 year old Ed Kemper. I got I his 15 year old Ed Kemper, you. I got. No, I think he could still fuck both of you up. I'll spider monkey him. <laughs> Jeez. Come from the back. I hopped up on Mountain Dew. <laughs> I'm going to climb you like a spider monkey. I will. Ask Casey. Mm. <laughs> He's only 6'3". Mm-hmm. That's fine. After five years of living with his mother, Ed ran away to California to live with his dad. So Ed's dad is going to be Daddy Ed. And Ed's going to be Ed. Cool. Okay. For reference. But... Ed's presence made it difficult for Daddy Ed to enjoy his new life. He'd gotten remarried, and his wife brought a son from a previous relationship into Daddy Ed's life, who he wound up adopting. Daddy Ed let Ed stay in his home for a while until his new wife told him that Ed gave her migraines. In reality, he creeped her the fuck out. He was a creepy kid. I mean, the kid had been locked in a fucking basement with, like, a wire light. Yeah. He had no idea what to do. And dead cat parts. Uh, Gonna put on a puppet show. (laughs) With a pussy. What what do you think, Mr. Kittles? Meow, meow, meow. With his paw. He just uh, jerks the stick to make the mouth move. No. Ed would follow her around the house, shutting drapes and blinds, saying, quote, it's too bright. Once again, he's a mole person. Yeah. Mole person. 
So Ed was sent to live with his grandparents, Maud and OG Ed Kemper. So this Grand, is big, his grandfather, Big Daddy, Big Daddy Ed. So what's fucked up about this part <laughs> is that Ed, Ed's father took him up there for Christmas vacation, mm-hmm. and under the guise of, "Oh, we're gonna go spend Christmas with your your grandparents." And then uh, his dad just drove off. Like a stray fucking dog. Like he's like, well, I'm going to go get some cigarettes. Dad went out for cigarettes and never came back. Not even milk. Twice. Twice. (laughs) Oh, my God. What was the first excuse? Cigarettes and the second was milk? Yeah. Your grandparents need me to go get some milk for him. Daddy, why are you putting all the luggage in the car? Well, I'm going to go ahead and pack it. You know, it's a long drive to town. Uh. I want to go ahead and get this over with. It never comes back. Never. So he he is left to live with his grandparents, Maud and OG Ed Kemper, on their 17-acre ranch in the mountains in North Fork, California. Maud had been an extra in Gone with the Wind and was a writer for Red Book McCall's. Which is like a children's book company, yeah. right? Yeah. Ed absolutely hated living on his grandparents' ranch. He felt rejected by his dad because he was just sent to live there. He just was no like, shit. here you go. Drop he was more than sent. He, yeah. he got fucking duped. He got dropped off. Ed With felt- no pickup plan. <laughs> He's your problem now. Ed felt that his grandma was senile and projected his hatred for his mom onto his grandma. He accused her of emasculating his grandfather and him, just as Clarnet did to Daddy Ed and Ed. It didn't take long for tension to bubble over. On August 27, 1964, 15-year-old Ed Kemper shot his grandmother in the kitchen while she was putting the finishing touches on her children's book after they'd had an argument. He would go out and shoot animals. He, yeah, he constantly. was like, please just stop shooting the birds. Yeah. And he was like, that's it! He would go out and shoot animals and just fucking kill kill everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and she used to carry around like a big fucking revolver it, like in her nightstand. And he would go and get it and play with it. And then she started like putting it in her purse. Uh-huh. And he'd get pissed off about that. He's like, so uh, what you got in your purse, Grandma? She's like, oh, nothing. Just my checkbook. <laughs> and uh, he's like, can you believe she wouldn't let me play with the gun? No. Can't at all. What could go wrong there? Can you, can you believe this? She wouldn't let me play with the, gun, uh, the pistol? The request that Ed stopped shooting the birds and other animals sent Ed into such a rage that he stormed off and grabbed his twenty-two caliber rifle that his grandfather had given him for hunting and shot her once in the head and twice in the back. So he, then he straight up her. Jed, he straight up dead checked her. Yeah. He said the first round killed her and he just put the extra two in there just for laughs. And then he stabbed her three times. Mm-hmm. Just for a chit in the giggles. Just, he mm-hmm. just saw and he said he like he says he blacked out just in a fit of rage. Yeah. Which I probably believe that. At fifteen. He's just like all the hormones going through him and shit. He's six foot four and has yeah. no idea what to do with himself. 
When his grandfather came home from the grocery store, he shot him outside by his car, and then he hid the body. Ed then calls his mom, and she tells him to call the police and to tell them what happened. Well, when he killed his grandfather, it was basically an act of compassion in his head. Mm-hmm. Because he, he wanted to spare the sight of his dead grandmother for his grandfather. Yeah, he didn't want him to find out that his wife was dead. Yeah. He never saw it coming. Yeah, no. like he we the his granddad went out to go get groceries and was coming back, and was like, "Oh, hey, buddy, how's it going?" He's like, "Going pretty good." Yep. He said his reason for murdering his grandmother was quote, "She thought she had more balls than any man and was constantly emasculating me and my grandfather to prove it. I couldn't please her. It was like being in jail." I became a walking time bomb, and I finally blew, end quote. He also said he, quote, just wanted to see what it would feel like to kill Grandma, end quote. Yep. It's giving himself little allowances. He's I like, also wonder what it would feel like to kill some people, but I don't do it. Yet. Well. <laughs> well, for when that day inevitably happens... Uh, you will never find the bodies. We will uh, be hiring a new co-host for Creeps in the Crypt. We'll You'll never know. You. You'll never know I did it. I'm not stupid. I'm not telling anybody. Mm. DNA, my friend. DNA. They'll find, they'll find that red hair of yours and be like, mm. <laughs> we're going to put it in the ginger database. <laughs> There's a whole separate database just for gingers. Yes. There is. Is it really? Uh, I believe there would be. If there's not, the FBI there is going to create it. They Perfect. Would, they would create it just for you. They would call it the Sam Files. So you're telling me I'm special. That's all I'm hearing. I'm special. <laughs> Satan admiring monochromatic color, Sam. <laughs> I was bliss. I was. My, I'm washing my hair today, so it's nice and clean. You can't tell me anything now. It's satanic. Mm-hmm. Keep red, it so red from the blood of my red enemies. like the pits of hell. Yeah. Yeah. Reminds me of home. Mm. Ed was sentenced to the California Youth Authority and underwent a slew of tests, which determined he had a very high IQ, but suffered from paranoid schizophrenia. It was near genius levels. It was like yeah. in the 140s. Uh, at first it was 136 and then he was retested and then it, it came out 145. There you go. Very at smart man. fucking 15 years old. Mind blowing. I don't, I don't even want to take an IQ test. No, I don't want to feel bad about myself. <laughs> I don't need another reason to feel bad about myself, okay? Yeah. If it starts I'm good. with matching blocks into holes, I got it. I can do anything, that. Anything past that, I'm, I'm done. Ed was eventually sent to Atascadero State Hospital's criminally insane unit, which is still open to this day. It's a maximum security facility for mentally ill convicts. The doctors at Atascadero believed that the murders of his grandparents were a way for Ed to, quote, get back at his parents for how they treated him. Well... The thought might be right. Yeah. Um, I mean, I still, all right. So 
I believe, well, I don't believe it's, it's pretty much a fact that Ed was a displacement killer. He had displaced mm-hmm. rage towards his mother and his grandmother reminded him of his mother so much that he's like, I can't live like this anymore. Yeah. And fucking off. I've grandma. had enough. Yeah. I've had enough. I can't blame him. Yeah, he scrambled grandma's egg and then oh, fuck. fucking I'm killed grandpa. <laughs> just, that, that just disgusted me so hard. So... This other set of doctors believed that Ed was not a paranoid schizophrenic. This new set of tests they gave Ed showed that he had, quote, no flight of ideas, no interference with thought, no expression of delusions or hallucinations, and no evidence of bizarre thinking, which are all indicators of being a paranoid schizophrenic. Ed was then diagnosed as having a personality trait disturbance, passive aggressive type. He was also given the IQ test after that. And uh, yeah. So Ed was a model prisoner. He eventually gained the ability to perform the psychiatric tests on other patients. Which is how he learned how to manipulate the system. I'm getting there. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm excited. I know. (laughs) Me too. Just let me get there. It's not an episode of Creeps in the Crypt if I don't have a fun little fact. Ed Kemper became a member of the JCs while he was hospitalized. The same JCs that our guy John Wayne Gacy was a part of. He, while he was administering the tests, Ed learned how to take the tests to ensure his desired results. He also gained all sorts of knowledge from sex offenders who were serving time there also. It would like it was best to kill a woman after assaulting her so you don't leave any witnesses. Wanna dodge a rape charge? Gotta kill the witness. Lovely tidbits of information to be had. But what if I wanna kill him first and then rape him? Well, you don't have any witnesses to either thing now. Yeah, don't leave a witness. No. Yeah. Ed was released on his 21st birthday. The doctors at Atascadero State Hospital, I hope I'm saying that right. Okay. Advised Ed not to move back in with his mom. Long story short, because of his mommy issues, they're like, "Mm, don't go back there. Well, they realized very quickly she's a trigger object. Yes. Oh, and they had no idea what kind of trigger. Uh, Just how bad this trigger was. To a pistol, apparently. To lots of things. But, I mean, you have a a 15-year-old that goes into the system. Mm -hmm. And he's basically raised by criminals at this point. All of his outer influences are, he goes from being in a prison at home to being in a prison where he's learning how to human from rapists and murders. Yeah. So, this dude didn't stand a chance. Literally. And nobody else did either. Like, even if he wasn't fucked up. Yeah, no. Like, all all these... Uh, He's like a big sponge of all the bad in the world. He really is. He soaked up no good. He was not the quicker picker-upper. Yeah, he was in the JCs. <laughs> well, you know how that goes. <laughs> so, Ed doesn't listen to the doctor's. And moves back in with Clarnell anyway. I have a comment about this. Maybe he really had nowhere else 
to go. He couldn't go back to his dad's. His dad's kind of, he probably has a deep hatred for his dad of like Yeah, he like basically abandoned him twice. I think he just wrote his dad off. Yeah. yeah. And he was like, point. Okay, I have nowhere else to go. My mom if I talk to her, she will take me back and I will have a place to live. Were halfway houses a, a thing yeah. at this time? He they should have put him in a halfway house. Yeah. That Absolutely. would have been his best option. Oh, then we would never be even recovering him. Well, we probably would, but it might not, at not this be. Level. Yeah, he would be like a footnote in Summer of Slaughter. Yeah, he'd he be would, like a filler episode. He would get like a, a TikTok episode, and that's about it. Probably. So at this time, Clarnell and the girls had moved to Santa Cruz, California, after her third failed marriage. And she had gotten a job as an administrative assistant at the University of California in Santa Cruz. Ed charmed the parole board into expunging his record within a few years of his parole, meaning there was no record of him murdering his grandparents in the system anymore. Yay for the California judicial system. Round of applause for him. Well, they deemed it as like, look, he's a kid. He he fucked up. He went to a fit of rage. He passed every expectation because he knew what the expectation was. Exactly. They couldn't, like, the psychiatrists and the psychologists and every other ologist that studied him while he was at Atascadero knew how smart he was, and they couldn't figure out that he was going to manipulate the tests. That's because he's a sociopath. And... I don't think they knew how advanced of a, a socio... You don't expect a kid... It was it was their underestimation of his ability his to manipulate. Severe underestimation. Which will come up time and time again in the rest of this story. Mm-hmm. Master manipulators. For real. But I think that's it for part one. That is it for part one. So this was more of a, a background on Ed Kemper. And in the I'm next setting. episode, we're going to get into the... The nitty-gritty. The potatoes, you could say, of this. I have set the scene. Thank you guys for listening to Creeps in the Crypt. Please leave us a review on whatever platform you listen to us on if they do accept reviews. Um, we post a lot of good content on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, I'm very active on now, and Sam is running our TikTok. Mm-hmm. So... There's fun little segments on there. Um, but yeah, guys, stay creepy. Bye. Stay creepy, bye.